Hello everyone, welcome back to Board Guy Rambles into Phone. This week's episode brought to you by MGF's Airline Ticket. Uh, gonna have uh, three for the price of one episode, or three for the price of none, because it's free, but you get the point. Because uh, we're gonna... I'm basically putting three episodes together in this by having Double or Nothing review a Hell in a Cell preview and a Stanley Cup uh, conference finals predictions as well. All in one, I would have done the conference finals predictions two days ago had it ended in six games uh, for the Hurricanes and Rangers, but alas, they decided to have a game seven. Uh... So, yeah, I'm just going to have one big episode for everything. We're going to talk about Double or Nothing first, then we're going to talk about hockey, and then we're going to end with Hell in a Cell. And I'm probably going to save this in three parts, so if you whatever you want to listen to, you can. You can easily find, I guess. So, uh, let's not waste any more time here. Uh, first, Double or Nothing... 2022 for AEW was last night. Uh, a long show. Longer than their pay-per-views normally go. I think it was another extra half hour. Because most of those most of those matches were all in the main show. Only one car, one match on the pre-show. Or the buy-in. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, good and bad. There are some really good parts to it, and there are some really not-so-great parts of it at the same time. Like, it started off really good, then it fell off, then it picked up a bit, and it was what it was. Like, uh, the pre-show match was fine. Like, Hookhausen won, no one's surprised. I don't really need to talk about that. Uh... The first match. Now, first, I didn't talk about this in the predictions because none of this had happened yet. Of whether MGF was either gonna was even gonna show up or not, because he no showed a fan fest and had a flight booked out of uh, uh, Las Vegas the night before. Uh, so we don't know if it's really a work or if it's actually. A thing, and he wasn't gonna show up, like, cause he plays things pretty much in kayfabe all the time. But then we know he's actually having a contract dispute, so uh, I don't know. Is this gonna happen or not? Uh, and I still, uh, I still don't know whether it was real or not. Because, I mean, he showed up, and it's a good thing they got this out of the way in the beginning. No reason to have that entire thing uh, looming over the entire show. When you could just get it out of the way in the beginning, and he came out first, and there he was. Uh, so, I, I don't really... I'm not going to spend any more time of whether that was all a work or not. I don't really care. The fact of the matter was, he showed up. And he got his ass kicked in Wardlow 1. Uh, which is not a surprise. That was expected. Uh, Wardlow 
uh, basically gave him 10 power bombs and that was that. I mean, like, MGF tried to do what he could in the beginning and uh, use the diamond ring, but it was found, found the rough immediately saw that he was trying to use it and took it away. Uh, basically, they did, they did this as perfectly as they could have. Uh, no, no bullshit, no anything. M- uh, MGF got what was coming to him, and Wardlow is now under contract with AEW and not with MJF. Not that he was ever not actually contracted to AEW, but, you know. Because uh, you're not going to make me actually believe that he was, wasn't under contract with the company. That's just how they were playing it for the story. Because uh, no, nothing he would... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, regardless, uh, the second match was the Young Bucks versus the Hardys. I don't remember who I picked, but I, if I didn't pick the Hardys, I should have picked the Hardys. I don't know what, like, regardless, uh, they seem to be pushing them anyways. Uh, I mean, it was what it was. I mean, the Young Bucks probably should have won, but... At the same time, I don't even really care about them. So, uh, I mean, it was fine. Uh, at, except for Jeff trying really hard to do the whisper in the wind and not not doing so very well. But, and you might want to have put your foot on the ropes when they did your own tag team finisher to you. Regardless, uh, that being said, uh, the third match being, uh, Jade versus Anna J, that match was not great. That was, like, longer than necessary, but they saved it by having Stokely Hathaway show up and then having Athena show up. So, even though the match wasn't particularly great, the, the end of it was at least memorable and what was able, able to enjoy that at least. Uh, and then the best match of the show was uh, Death Triangle versus House of Black. This match was great. Uh, need to probably should watch it back at this point. Uh, but like everything about this match, this is a match of the year contender easily. Uh, really like that, like, at the, like, near the end, it comes down to, like, all three of them against Malachi Black himself, and then Malachi basically just, he, he stands his ground and actually hits the, uh, well, I guess it's called Black Death in, uh, AEW, uh, on two of them, but then, like, it, it looks like, uh, he's about to finally uh get taken out when uh julia hart shows up well doesn't show up the lights go out and then she shows up and hits the mist on i don't i think it was Pac, uh and then that was the end of that and uh house of black win uh we'll probably get one more of these i hope uh this match was great you should go out of your way to watch this one uh, then the show starts to go downhill. 
because, I mean, Adam Cole versus Mojo was fine. The, it wasn't bad. I'm not trying to say this match was bad. It was fine. It's not. It's nothing special. Uh, like you don't need to go out of your way to watch it. If you want to watch, I mean, you don't hate. If you want to watch it, you can do so. But I'm just saying, you don't necessarily have to see this. And then, uh, I don't have a problem with Adam Cole winning this one. It was kind of weird that he hit, that he hit the boom and then took several seconds to get the pin and then still won. That seemed a little weird. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Adam Cole won. That's not a surprise. I expected it. I expected him to win. Uh, that's not really the bad part. It's just the match wasn't as great as it could have been. Uh, but uh, then we have the other one where we have Britt versus Ruby and Britt still wins. First off, Britt having someone play her theme on a guitar. No, she's a heel. Why? Uh, Ruby having Rancid play her theme on the other hand. Yes. Finally, someone treats Ruby like the star that she is. Until the match starts! Anyway, uh, you have you ha- you brought out an entire band to play Ruby to the ring just to have her lose. What the fuck? Uh, like she even got she got out of uh, lockjaw. She like had an entire submission on Brit for like forever, and you just have her roll like. Ruby does a victory roll, but then Britt, like, flips her o- flips over backwards, and then that's it. What the fuck? You didn't even use a finish. It was just a roll-up of doom. Like, that was, like, there wasn't even cheating involved. That was some bogus garbage. Like, at least Adam Cole cheated because Bobby Fish showed up twice. Uh... There, there, there was no excuse for this. Like, J- Jamie didn't come out. Uh, the uh, Whoever the other person is didn't come out. I can't think of her name. Uh, they, they came out, but then they went back to the, uh, back backstage again. Uh, I mean, this was... I'm just saying, this was... I guess we... Like, this is apparently 30 days after Stokely Hathaway left... NXT, so it also means that it's uh, 30 days after uh, Dakota Kai left WWE, and Dakota Kai, also or now known as King Coda, anyway, uh, used to be a team with Ruby. Uh, could have came out and even the odds if Jamie was interfering and helped Ruby win. This is what you should have done. Signed. Dakota, you know, and had her help and have Ruby win because th- th- this is why your, your women's division continues to falter. You can't b- build up a women's division with multiple stars if you keep giving the one person you keep giving things to more things. Especially when that person you keep giving things to is mediocre as fuck. Uh, 
Britt is bad. We already know that. And you keep giving her things. She's a terrible heel. She is not... She's not particularly good in the ring. She is AEW Charlotte. That That's much is perfectly clear, except for some reason AEW fans ch- cheer for her for some reason, which makes it even worse considering she's a heel, which makes her a, a completely ineffective heel. So, like, everything about her is bad. And you just continue to give her things. When she is the main problem of your women's division, she is the only person you showcase, and she's not even good. You could have given this to Ruby, and, you know, done something with your women's division, and built from there. But, you just keep giving something to Brit, and... You might as well have just not taken the belt off of her. Like, you took the title off of her that's been on her for, like, a fucking year, finally, and removed that albatross uh, from your women's division. So you, But then you cre- had to create an, an entirely new belt just to give to her. I, I'm not entirely sure that the these tournaments weren't just to give Britt another thing at this point, because you had to take the other belt off of her. And, like, and now what? So she gets another title match against Rosa. We've already seen that three times. We don't need it again. And she's not facing Jade. That would be dumb. So, uh, yeah, you, you fuck that up. Uh, that's not forgivable. Like, stop giving the stupid dentist more things that she doesn't need. Uh, they had the six-person t- six tag after this. Uh, America's top team against, uh, Sammy and Ty and Kazarian, whatever. I was a little distracted by the fact that they just did something really stupid, so I didn't see everything about this match, although I did see at the the end where Kazarian just left two of them out to dry and then they lost, so that was amusing, but... Uh, I mean, they clearly knew everyone was going to be pissed off about the dumb decision they made, so that's when they put this match, and then they put uh, Darby versus Kyle O'Reilly next, because they had to have a couple matches there for people to stop being pissed off about the bullshit they just had to watch. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Darby was fine, I guess. Uh, I wasn't expecting Kyle to win. Again, this was the very this was very clearly the uh, the match that uh, was just the most ah we got to get everyone on the show match I think they've ever done because I I, I don't know any other match on a pay per view they've had that that's more like that because there was no reason for this match to happen so they just put this here. And there it was. Uh, wasn't expecting Kyle to win, though, so that's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, Thunder Rosa defended and retained against Serena Deeb. This match was this match was good. Uh, I wish I wasn't in a... Unpl- I, I wish I was in a better mood while I was watching it from the fact that we... Like, I would have been more... In- 
interested in this match at this point if Ruby had won and not just have the prospect of, well, Brit's just going to win the belt back for a reason. She going through my head this entire time. Uh, I'm honestly surprised that after Rosa won, I kind of expected uh, Britt to just show up and cash it in like money in the bank and win the belt right there. I wouldn't have been surprised. I kind of expected it. So, yeah, the match was good. Uh, Again, I wish it was built up better. I feel like this match was longer than the amount of TV time Rosa has had since she won the title back at, like, March 16th, I think it was. I feel like this match was longer than that, so that, that's how much of a problem this company has with its women's division. Uh, yeah, so after that, I think it was, I think Anarchy in the Arena is after that. Uh, this match was a fucking fever dream. And felt it felt like it took fucking forever to end. Uh, I already wasn't happy that Blackpool Combat Club was part of this because I they they're part of one of my favorite parts of AEW at the at the moment, and they feel like they should be part of something more serious than this was. And. Yeah, this uh, this was just utter nonsense, and I guess it was, it wasn't. I guess it was only like 22 minutes, but it felt like it was more than 30, just because. Um, I mean, they just started brawling in the crowd. Moxley's theme just played over and over and over and over until Jericho took like broke the soundboard or something. I'm like, this is nonsense. I'm like, is one of them going to get on the top rope and have the, the whole thing fall out from under them, causing one of them to get speared and lose? I don't know, because that's what happened to Finn Balor at Extreme Rules, but you know. Uh, I mean, parts of this was kind of fun. Like, I'm not saying I don't like nonsense sometimes. Like, I... Like, if it's going to be, like, full-blown comedy, it doesn't bother me, but, like, not... This, like, if Blackpool Combat Club wasn't a part of this and there's two other people there, I might enjoy this match more than I do, but this was just a mess. Like, this entire thing was a mess. Everyone's going through tables, barbed wire, they took the top rope off, uh... Eddie Kingston tries to light Jericho on fire, which would have been actually a, a decent part of this match. Because, like, another part of this match that I'm thinking this is a mess is, like, why is Eddie Kingston not trying to go after Jericho this entire match? Like, it took forever for that to even happen. Like, Eddie Kingston should have been going after Jericho from the second the match even started. And they seemed like in completely different parts of the arena at all times until this. And then Danielson stops him. And then ultimately, Danielson tries to take out Jericho and, and Jake Hager all at the same time. And eventually, Jake Hager comes back in with a like like a metal rod or something and just gets him in the leg multiple times. And then they get him in in some in what they thought was the walls of Jericho and also like strangling him with 
the ring rope at the same time, and that was the end of that. Also, Jericho put Moxley through a table with walls of Jericho, and it was weird. Uh, yeah, this was an entire mess. Uh, I'm not going to say worst match of the year, but I'm going to say, like, it, it's definitely a what the, like, one of the most what the fuck moments of the year. Like, I, I, I don't know what the fuck I just watched. Uh, you got, uh, Jurassic Express defending against Keith Lee and Swerve and Team Taz. This match was great. Uh, second best match of the show. Uh, everything about it was great. I just wish Keith Lee and Swerve won. Uh, but I guess, uh, as long as Jurassic Express is defending in triple threat matches, Jurassic Express is going to win every time. Because, other, like, they're not going to lose until they lose to a team, like, well, it's not one-on-one, -on -one, but, like, two-on-two. -two. When, when, when they have a regular tag match, that's when they'll lose. Until then, they're going to retain. But this match was great. This, uh, Out of all the matches on the show, this is the second one you need to search out and watch. And then, finally, we got CM Punk winning the AEW Championship from Hangman Page and not turning heel to do so. Uh, up until that happened, I mean, I think it's a good match. It's not a great match. Uh, I don't like Punk winning without a heel turn. It doesn't really make any sense to me. I understand why you want to put the belt on CM Punk, for business reasons, that makes sense to me, but story-wise, it's really not there for me. It, like, I mean, on one hand, I kind of understand, like, because we have the ref bump, and then Paige is considering using the title, and then he doesn't, and it costs him that he didn't do it, uh, he, and he loses right after it. I kind of understand that, because it, it kind of fits what they were doing. Because uh, Hangman kept taking everything personally and then ended up knocking uh, Punk on his ass the the Wednesday before. It kind of plays to that a little bit, but at the same time, it still doesn't make sense. Like, why not have him think about doing that? And then ultimately, Punk then cheats and, and then turns heel. Like, Punk just winning clean afterwards that's that's just weird i mean like the inner cm punk fan in me is happy of course but i don't think he should have won to begin with i don't think hangman should have lost the belt this early uh not with a, especially not without a heel turn like i could have lived with it if it was a heel turn i'm mean, like maybe in like you could have him in the future have a rematch and then have Hangman actually cheat next time to win it back, especially if the pay-per-views in Chicago, which there's one or two in Chicago coming up, and it could happen, and he could turn heel. But do you want to turn him heel? I don't know. So, like, that's that's a possibility. But at the same time, like, like I said, I, I think you should have turned heel. You do have one or two pay-per-views in Chicago coming up, depending on if All Out is still going to be in the Chicago area or not. I'm not sure yet. 
And it will not be really possible to turn Punk heel because he's not going to get booed here. So, uh, I, I don't know. That's, you should have just had Hangman retain. Really, really, that's what it amounts to. So, uh, we'll see what happens going forward, but, uh, I would like to see, I would like to know very soon what the matches at Forbidden Door are going to be, because they ha- they've only done a couple of things that kind of lead to what we might be seeing there, but not much. Uh, I certainly hope they aren't trying to do uh, AEW champion versus IWGP champion if Okada is still the champion, because Punk versus Okada, that's a dumb match. You're just going to make Punk look like an idiot. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, As much as I love Punk, if you put him against Okada, he's just going to get killed. Uh, But we'll see. Uh, So, uh, yeah, that's that's a double or nothing. I'm going to save this and then we're going to uh, move on to talking about hockey. All right, moving on to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We are now about to uh, start the conference finals as game seven of the last uh, conference semifinals, I guess, uh, wrapped up tonight. And we have Colorado against Edmonton, and we have Tampa against the New York Rangers. Uh, so, ripped both of my my predicted Stanley Cup finalists. Hooray! After going doing so well in the first round, there went everything. I guess. Uh, Florida, what the fuck happened? You went down in four. You couldn't do a thing. What? Like, how did you lose all... Or how did you lose four straight? I I know Tampa is good, but come on. You could barely score any goals. Like, you scored three goals, I think. That was it. Lost two to one. Twice. I think it was, and then, I, I, how, it took you forever to even get one power play goal, you just couldn't do anything, you couldn't get around Tampa's defense at all, they clogged the neutral zone and you couldn't get through, like, I wasn't even impressed by Vasilevsky until, like, the final game of that series. Like, sure, he only let up one goal, but it it wasn't like he had to work that hard until the final game. And then the final game, he finally did enter God mode and stopped 49 shots, I believe it was. But until then, I'm like, this is just you not being able to do anything. I don't understand. Like, you should, like, I don't know, like, even if you're able to win a few games or not, like, if you would have definitely won that series, but, like, that that's ridiculous. How, like, that, you're, you won the President's Trophy, and you, 
I, I guess we should have seen this coming when you struggled against freaking Washington, but still, this is pathetic. Like, I don't know if you necessarily had to win that, but I, really, you kind of did. You kind of had to win this year. Like, you sacrificed multiple, like, I think your, your next two first-round picks. And several of the people will not be returning. And that is the performance you had. That... Again, playing better, I don't know if that makes them win the series or maybe they were going to lose no matter what happened, but the fact that they went down in four is ridiculous. That is just sad. I don't I don't know where they go from here. Uh, they'll still be good next year, but I don't think they're going to be as good. They probably and I'm they probably won't win the president's trophy. Like I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe they still will, but uh I don't know. I like after that, I I don't you lose confidence after that. I'd like I don't know how you don't. Uh the Rangers, I mean I I don't even know what really to make of this series because as it went along it just became oh, Carolina just can't win on the road. They win at home and they can't win on the road until game seven where Carolina finally lost at home. Uh, it's kind of weird. Like that's, then that, that's how it went. Uh, and then, uh, and then it, not being able to win on the road finally cost the hurricanes in the end and this at the end of the, the series, uh, they win any of those games on the road. Any of those three, they win. And it ends in five or six. Uh, uh, then they go down to nothing in the in game seven. Uh, then Ranta got hurt tonight. I don't know what happened. He, like, he looked really broken. I don't know what happened. And then Kashekov had to make one or made one really great save to start uh, when he had to go, go in. But then the, the second, the shot that happened immediately after on a two on one goes in. And once it was three, nothing, I'm like, there, there's no way they're coming back from this. And it was like five, two. Uh, they, like, I wish that was a more entertaining series. It, like Every other series seemed, well, two other series were more entertaining than this. It's like, I can't say, like, Tampa and Florida wasn't, but it was, we, it was a letdown. We have to admit that was a letdown. Uh, we were looking forward to the battle of the, the battle of Alberta and the battle of the Sunshine State and the Florida series let us down big time. Let's be perfectly honest. It, it's to the point where it almost doesn't even feel like Tampa is even still in the playoffs because they haven't played for so long. Because they, they haven't played since, I think, last Monday night. So, yeah, it feels like forever. Braden Point might be back. Who knows? Could happen. Uh, yeah, but, like, this wasn't really that interesting. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad hockey or anything. It just, it just 
wasn't super entertaining. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, as far as Tampa versus the Rangers is concerned, uh, we got a rematch from uh, 2015, I think, uh, of the West of uh, the Eastern Conference Finals that year, where Tampa won and moved on to the finals. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do think it's kind of cool that we're going to get Vasilevsky versus Shostorkin. Shostorkin hasn't been good enough in the playoffs yet. Like, I'm just going to be perfectly honest here. The Rangers really don't have a chance. As far as I'm concerned. Like, Shostorkin has to play to his potential every game like for me to even consider them having a shot because uh, Vasilevsky is now at where he normally is as far as I'm concerned and the Rangers don't have the offense so uh, if Shostorkin can't steal them games it's not happening and I I just, I don't see it. Tampa's winning. Uh, I mean, we're at a point now where, like, I don't dislike any of the four teams at all. So, like, at this point, I will be happy for whoever wins. Uh, but I'm still rooting for a new champion more than anyone else. Uh, so, like, Tampa's the team I want to win the least, but it has nothing to do with that I don't want them to win. It's just, like, I just want somebody new to win, it's just for the simple fact of I would like to see more people win, as opposed to just seeing the same thing for the third straight year. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's kind of boring, to be honest. Uh, it, like, I'm like, is this a rerun? Again? Like, I didn't mind that they won back-to-back. That was cool. But uh, the fact that they might actually win a third one, now it's getting boring. So, uh, it's like, why are we even playing the rest of these games? Why not? We just give them the cup right now. But, I mean, you still have to play the games, but uh, the Rangers are not going to be the team to do it. Uh... I really only think there's one... I think there's only really one team that can... Maybe two teams, but... It's not the Rangers. It's whoever would have faced them in the finals. Uh, so, yeah. Tampa's going to the finals. and Prove me wrong, Rangers. I'll be happy, because the Rangers are the team I want to win the second most. Uh, and then we got Colorado... Uh, who pretty much handled the Blues with some nonsense involved. Uh, they did lose game two. Uh, but, uh, we gotta talk about some more stuff here. Because uh, we all know what happened with them last season with Nassim Kadri doing what he did then. Uh, so the Blues tried to manufacture 
that again. They tried to make a situation where they tried to scapegoat Nazim Kadri essentially into something that it did, wasn't it wasn't even his fault. So Kelly Rosen and Nazim Kadri both kind of crash into Jordan Bennington in game three. I think it was game three. Yes, it was game three. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that happens, which is weird because Kelly Rosen and Nazem Kadri were both traded from the Leafs to Colorado at the same time for Tyson Berry and I think it was uh, Kerfoot. So it's kind of weird that the two of them are now got, uh, run into Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington gets hurt. He's out for the rest of the series, at least. If the Blues had won, maybe he comes back. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Rosen kind of goes into him first. He's more on the side of him. And then Kadri is behind him, kind of knocks into him. Don't really know where the injury comes from, from which person it really comes from. Regardless, none of this was Nazim Kadri's fault. Everyone knows that. Everyone with a brain knows that. Uh, be- this was clearly because of Kelly Rosen being in front of him, and that happened. It- it's an accident. I'm like, it's Kelly Rosen's fault that this happened, but I'm not saying, like, oh my god, I can't believe you did this. It's like, it's still, like, it's just something that happens in the game. It's not like, oh my God, this was, like, any of this was, like, whatever. It's just, you get the point. Uh, Kadri runs into him because of Kelly Rosen. Kelly Rosen's not there, and Kadri doesn't run into the goalie. And that's, it's as simple as that. Uh, Blue, uh, Avs win the game. Jordan Bennington throws a water bottle at him at Kadri while he's doing a post-game interview, whatever. Uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of everything that happened after this, it's, uh, it's kind of the least, uh, least of the problems. Unsurprisingly, of what Nazim Kadri then receives a bunch of racism and Islamophobia and death threats from, racist and Islamophobic blues fans, of which there are apparently many. Uh, Not that all of them are, but enough of them are, apparently, uh, to the point where they had to go to the police about it. And then uh, the next, uh, I believe, before Game 4, they had to ask... Blues coach Craig Berube about it, and his only comment was, no comment. I don't know, maybe you condemn it? Maybe you say this is bad? I don't know. Maybe you say you shouldn't be sending people death threats on the internet, and you shouldn't be racist assholes, because that makes you a useless human being who shouldn't even exist on this planet. Maybe you should do that. Or you could do what you did and say no comment and make them think you're on their side. So you're, all you did was tell them this is okay. Congratulations, dumbass. You should be fired. 
you should no longer have your job. And then the Blues spend the entire game trying to injure Nazem Kadri. That was literally that all of game four. That's what they did. Kadri scores a goal and then uh, like puts his hand to his ear, be, give, ta taunting their shitty ass fans like he should have, giving them what they deserve. And then Perron and Bushnevich both uh, can just cross-check him till the end of time, apparently, till the point where they both got a penalty on the same thing. They both got a penalty for cross-checking at the same time, or one another, I think, got roughing. Doesn't really matter what they got. They both got a penalty at the same time, so five on three. Uh, they managed to kill it off. Doesn't really matter. Uh, uh, I think there was another penalty. And then ultimately, it's like four to one. Like, Kadri makes a four to one. As Kadri makes a four to one, he turns around. Perron tries to elbow him in the head as he passes by him. That would have been a suspension, and Kadri would have been injured, probably. And we don't see them until months from now. Uh... One from suspension and one from injury. Uh, like, seriously, what the fuck were you doing? You're literally just intentionally injuring them. Trying to, you're, or at least trying to, intentionally injure Nazem Kadri. What the fuck? Kadri got a hat-trick in that game. That was one of the best things, that, that was awesome. But he shouldn't have to be like, oh, I got a hat-trick that makes up for this? No, it doesn't. It's like, he should the story shouldn't be, oh, look at all this adversity he's facing with all these racist assholes sending him death threats and this entire team trying to intentionally injure him, and look, he got a hat-trick. I mean, sure, it's nice he got a hat-trick, but he shouldn't have had to go through all that other bullshit. That's, that's ridiculous. Anyways, Avs go up 3-1 uh, in the series. Go back to Colorado. And they got a 3-0 lead. Looks, everything looks great. They're totally going to be fine for the rest of the game, and that's going to be it. The, the series totally going to be over. Nope. Blues just, they tie it with about four minutes to go or so. Or not, not too long to go. And tie it at three. Uh, their defense... I mean, they were running around here like it was kind of rough. Uh, they lost uh, Gerard in the in the series. So, uh, anyways, few just a few minutes left to go. McKinnon scores one of the most amazing goals of the playoffs and gets a hat trick. With less than four minutes left. That goal should have been the end of the series. Like, if, like, just go look at the goal if you haven't seen it. Just go watch it. It's a hat-trick goal. Four minutes left after the, the Blues came back and tied the game after you blew a 3 nothing lead. That should have been it. That should have been the end of the game. They tie it with like two, like with less than a minute to go. 
because they couldn't get it out of the zone and they couldn't get an empty netter. Like Colorado, you got to have better defense than that. You're a better team than this. I don't like, how do you do that? And then they lose in overtime. I'm like, if they lose in overtime here, like they're probably going to game seven. And like, I, I would have like, I almost would have bet money on it. Like, even though that didn't end up happening, like I would have believed it easily. It's like, that should have been an emotional win, especially with McKinnon's goal there. That should have been it. And freaking uh, Tyler Bozak scores shortly into overtime. And he had like seven minutes. He played for like seven minutes of that game or something. It's only a second goal of the playoffs. And they go back to games. They go back to St. Louis for game six. And they do ultimately win. And they get the game winner with five seconds left in the third. And it's over. I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, at least he got there, but. I would have liked to have not needed game six there. Uh, I, I do appreciate that they, the Blues lost in St. Louis just to rub that in their faces some more, but still, you shouldn't have needed it. Like, like if you were going to go have to go back to St. Louis, like, you could have at least had the, the series winner be from Kadri. But, oh well. Uh, Darren Helm scored it. I didn't even know he was still playing. Uh... And then we had the Battle of Alberta, which was a whole lot of nonsense, but it was the most entertaining series of the playoffs so far, probably. Uh, the first game was just batshit insane. Nine to six. Like, Calgary was winning four to one, then six to two, and then they... Uh, Edmonton comes back and ties it six to six only for Calgary to still win nine to six. Like S Smith let up two goals in the first minute of the game. Uh, Markstrom let up even worse goals. Like neither of the, neither goaltenders having a great game there. Markstrom just had a terrible series. Like it's entirely because of Markstrom for the most part that, they lost the series as far as I'm concerned. Like, uh, sure, the the Flames needed some more scoring, but Markstrom played terribly. It's like, what the fuck happened? After having such a great season, what the hell happened? And it's like, uh, the Flames managed to win that game, but then they lost four, the next four. And, like, the they lost the... They were, like, up to nothing on in the... And game two, I think I didn't really get to watch game two, uh, but Edmonton came back and won that. I felt like there there are so much many lead changes, and then uh, or like leads given up, rapid fire scoring. Like, yeah, four, like four goals in like three minutes in game five. Um, Mike Smith lets up a goal from the other end of the ice at one point. Uh, it was just crazy. Uh, I know they're pissed off that Blake Coleman supposedly didn't kick the puck in, even though he absolutely kicked the puck in. I, I know what a kick looks like. He totally moved his foot from the left to the right. That's a kick. I don't understand how... I, I don't understand, like... For some reason, I can always count on my Twitter timeline to be wrong about goal reviews these days. I don't really know why they used to be better at this, but 
for the most part, whenever I, I go on Twitter and I, like, I expect them to, the people that I follow to think one thing, they all always go with the other thing. And it's always the wrong one. And I don't get it. Like, how did you all come to this conclusion that they didn't kick this puck in? Yeah, I didn't forward kick it in, but he clearly kicked it from left to right. His, his foot from left to right. Like, did his foot not move? What am I missing here? His his foot clearly moves. That's clearly a, a distinct kicking motion. I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I guess I can get from some of the other things that didn't get called or did get called from earlier this season and the, that the the fans might might have been gaslit into not realizing what a distinct kicking motion even is anymore. And that's the league's fault, not theirs. So... I guess I can understand from that perspective, but, like, if you're just looking at that in a vacuum, he clearly kicked that in. I don't understand how they come, how anyone comes to any different conclusion than the fact that they kicked that in. Sorry. That's just what it is. He kicked it in. Sorry. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, McDavid wins it in overtime, and we got Edmonton going to the Western Conference Finals against Colorado. Like, Edmonton's top line had, like, 25 points in, like, two or three, like, within, like, three games. Uh, so, um, everything really, everything here basically boils down to, can Mike Smith stop McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog, et cetera, et cetera, everyone on the Avs? It, that's really all it is. Do I believe that McDavid and Dreisaitl and everyone on the Oilers can score however many goals they want to on the Avs? Probably. Kemper's good, but I don't particularly think that uh, he's so good that he's going to shut them down. And it's going to be a tight series. Uh, I, I don't... I don't know... It, it's real. That's really all it is. Is Mike Smith going to be good enough here? Because he wasn't good in the previous series. Uh, he may he may have won the series, but he and Mark like he was better than Markstrom, but Markstrom was terrible, and Mike Smith still wasn't good. He let up multi, so he let up a ton of goals himself. He let up a goal from the other side of the ice. So, like, the Oilers' success has not been because of him. And if they want to go further, they do have to... He does have to finally step up and be what they need him to be. I don't know that that's possible. Like... He needs to be as good as he apparently was at the end of the season and not terrible like he normally is. Because I'm sure their scorers will score maybe not at the rate that they were against the Flames, maybe not as much because the Avs are definitely better than what we saw there. I, I mean, but then again, sort of Flames. I don't really know what happened. Like, I don't really know what happened there. Like, it shouldn't have been that much of a mess. Uh, the Flames are better than that. I don't know what happened, but... Uh, 
it's really hard to call. So, uh, I still think the Avalanche are the better team. And ultimately, I'm picking them to win the series. But if Mike Smith can actually be what they need him to be, Edmonton could end up in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, when it comes down to the Stanley Cup Finals, I don't really think that... The... I'm pretty sure if Edmonton faces Tampa in the Finals, that Tampa will win. I'm pretty sure... Uh, if Colorado faces Tampa in the Finals, that's a toss-up. That could go either way. I mean, Edmonton could beat Tampa but I have a hard time believing it without seeing it first. Like, again, McDavid and Dreisaitl could score their asses off and so on, but, like, I'd have to see that first and see them be able to stop Tampa at the same time. Uh, I I think Colorado can do it. It's still a toss-up, but I'm, I'm sure Colorado could do it. I'm really iffy about Edmonton because at the end, Mike Smith is Mike Smith. So I'm predicting Colorado versus Tampa in the Stanley Cup Finals. Then we'll talk about that or whoever does end up making it. Watch it end up being the Rangers in Edmonton. That would be weird. Uh, But that's a few weeks. That's a couple weeks down the road or maybe... Maybe it's just eight days down the road. We'll see. And finally, we get to some Hell in a Cell predictions. The least exciting part of this. Uh, But necessary nonetheless. Uh, So yeah, Hell in a Cell is this Sunday... I'm going to it at the Allstate Arena. It is the first time I will be back at the Allstate Arena since the Raw After Survivor Series 2019. Uh, Been a long time. Obviously, we know what happened in the middle there. Uh, They've had some shows at the Allstate since. Three, I believe. Uh, But I don't go to Raws or Smackdowns. They are not worth my time. Uh... Before the draft happened last year, if there was a SmackDown here, I would have went to it. But then the draft happened and ruined it. Uh, There was supposed to be a TLC pay-per-view here in December, but then it died. Rip. Uh, So, my first WWE event post-COVID was the Royal Rumble, as uh, people who listen to this or talk to me in real life already know, but uh, this will be my first one back in Chicago, uh, where I've gone to many shows before, obviously. Uh, I'm about as excited for this show as I possibly can be, for the most part. That doesn't mean I'm super excited for the show. It just means I'm as excited as I could possibly be for it, given the state of how the company is. 
which basically means, for the most part, everyone I would want to see on this show is on this show. Uh, for the most part. I'm not pleased that Roman is not defending the title. That bothers me. Uh, just because you had him unify the belts doesn't mean he can just not defend them afterwards. He already didn't defend on the last pay-per-view. So, like, whatever you're doing with your pay-per-views now, you gotta stop. Because this is, for the most part, a meaningless show. Like, you don't, you don't even have a world title match. You didn't on the previous one. You're just throwing random matches on a pay-per-view and calling it a pay-per-view. And they, there, there's only, there's two title matches on here. Only one of them really matters. And the rest of them are just, two of the other ones are just kind of completely irrelevant matches that are things we've already seen before. It just doesn't matter. And then the other two big matches are like the third match of a feud. Which makes sense for Hell in a Cell, but we only even have one Hell in a Cell match. We don't even have any matches from SmackDown on this show. At least as of yet. I mean, we have six matches on here, and I I feel like that's going to be all. I don't feel like we're going to get anything more. Even though we need to have more. Because, like, why is SmackDown even its own show if it's not going to have anything on this show? On this pay-per-view? It's the pay-per-view that's supposed to be from both brands. They didn't advertise it as only from Raw. Like, I'm expecting Ronda to defend the belt. She just won it on the last show. I expect her to defend the belt. I don't know why Raquel has had two matches against her. That didn't make any sense. Like, why? Like, well, the second one ended up in some nonsense where she, the two of them teamed against Natty and Shayna or something. I don't even know what happened there. Again, I don't really watch. Uh, But, like, that didn't even make any sense. Like, why would, it's like, you can't have Ronda lose to somebody so quickly. That doesn't make any sense. And, like, especially the belt. The second one wasn't even for the belt. The first one was an open challenge. The second one was a championship contenders match, which is bullshit. Uh, stop doing those. Uh, but you can't, you can't have Ronda lose so quickly and you can't like, not for what she's supposed to be. Not that she's anything good, but she's supposed to be a dominant killer. I would think that's, uh, and then, but Raquel, you're especially not going to have her lose to a rookie. And you want, but then you're trying to build up Raquel and you're not going to have her do that by losing to the champion twice. So none of that even makes any sense. And, but there's nobody on SmackDown for her to face. Now, uh, before we even get to the six matches that are on this show, you, I expect, and like, I, I 100% expect them to do this and not not like it, not as a prediction that they're going to do this but these are my actual expectations like if you don't do this you fucked up 
I expect a Ronda Rousey open challenge on this pay-per-view. Because if you don't even even give me the chance that I might, or the belief that I might see Bailey on this show, then you fucked up. Because I've been waiting for Bailey since the Royal Rumble. I went to the Royal Rumble expecting to see Bailey there. I am full, I'm fully of the belief that she could have returned at the Royal Rumble, and they just decided, nah, let's not do it. Uh, we, we got nothing for her through the entire WrestleMania season, and now we're two months afterwards, and I'm still 100% positive she could have come back then, because... Like, she's been training since January, and, like, she was doing heavy training then. Like, I'm positive she could have been back for that. Like, she literally said it in December that her return was soon. It's May. It's almost June. Soon was five months ago. So, like, what the fuck? Something happened. But she's, like, she's clearly fine now. Like, she clearly could have come back at the Rumble, as far as I'm concerned. You can't convince me otherwise. And they're just holding her return hostage at this point, like they returned, or they held Asuka's return hostage at this point. And now, with Sasha and Naomi having walked out, and whether they come back or not, who knows, now you're, you, you need her more than ever to come back. So the fact that you that she hasn't even been on one of the past two episodes of SmackDown is kind of ridiculous. Even if Sasha and Naomi were, I mean, I guess they were on both shows, but like you absolutely need her back two weeks ago. You need her back in January, but you need, but like the the best time you could have had her come back was the Royal Rumble. The next best time is Friday. Well, actually it's Sunday because at this point. Her return has to be when I'm there. And uh, if for some reason she's not on Hell in a Cell, if I don't see Bailey, then you fucked up once and then you fucked up again. She will not show up on us on either show next week. Because then I will never forgive you. Because if she could, if she she's on a show next week, if she actually is, I'm not saying she's going to be, but if she is. That means she could have been on Hell in a Cell, and you chose not to give me her. And I won't forgive you for that. You've already done two things the week after I was at a live show. That you should have done on the week that I was there. Or at least one of them you should have definitely done on the week I was there. The other one, I guess you kind of couldn't, but... Uh, the the first one was, I was at the Raw before Chris Jericho came back at... on. The, January 2012, that thing. Back when Jericho wasn't was was cool and we didn't know he was a gigantic piece of shit yet. And then, I I mean I guess you couldn't have done that because it was clearly being advertised for the week after. But it still sucks that I was there the week before. Uh, and then you also gave me the episode of Raw before Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte debuted on the main roster. What the fuck? Like, you couldn't have done that one week before? Like, come on. So, you can't do this again where you have Bailey come back five days or even one day after I'm at a show. You can't do that. I won't allow you to. If, if I can't have Bailey on Sunday, no one can have Bailey next week. That's how it goes. 
you will have my favorite wrestler return on the day that I am there. You're you're already fucked up once in January. You're not fucking up again. Uh, so I that mat that match better be there, and it better be Bailey, or Bailey better return after the women's triple threat match. I don't know why she would, but if there's no Bailey and there is Bailey next week, then then we have problems. Uh, anyways. Uh, anyways, also put Roman on your pay-per-views, all of them. He doesn't get to just defend titles on random pay-per-views and not do it on all the other ones. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, okay, so the most meaningless match on the show. Okay, Bobby Lashley versus Omos and MVP in a handicap match. What to fucking do? Uh, don't care. Uh, they've already had two matches, and I mean, it wasn't a handicap match before, but I don't care, and I don't need to see any more of this. Uh, Bobby can win. He probably won't, actually, but he can win, and we can never see this again. We've seen it enough already. Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. Okay. I mean, I guess that might be fun. Maybe. Ezekiel wins. Uh, Theory defends the U.S. Championship against Mustafa Ali. Uh, Ali better win this. He's not going to, but he better. Because uh, fuck Austin Theory. Again. Dude's a freaking predator. But, you know. Continue to push him as a U.S. champion. Dude's trash. Get him off my television screen. Uh, okay, so back to the actual interesting matches, or somewhat interesting matches. Uh, so we're not getting Edge versus AJ Styles in Hell in Cell, but that's fine. Uh, it became more evident that it was going to be a six-person tag match and not a Hell in a Cell match as the past few weeks went on. Uh, so we got all of Judgment Day against Finn... AJ and Liv Morgan. That'll that it should still be fun. You didn't you didn't completely fuck up by not having Edge on the show, because uh, if you didn't, then we would have had even more problems. Uh, yeah. Uh, th- I would have liked this to be in the Hell in a Cell, but then of course you can't because then. You won't have, then you can't have disqualifications, and then you can't say that men can't fight women, which is, you know, bullshit. Uh, just sexist, and so on. You just have the dumb, like if you, if it happens, you'll have the dumbasses thinking it's domestic violence when it's not. It's uh, professional athletes agreeing to be in matches against each other. That's all it is. Anyways, uh, since it's not a Hell in a Cell match, since it's not Edge versus AJ one-on-one, I'm going to say Judgment Day is probably going to win. Uh, it, like, if Edge and AJ had a one-on-one Hell in a Cell match, I probably would have said AJ would have finally won. I don't... 
I don't really know where they're going to go with this feud after it, though. So, like, the end of the feud may, like, you would be AJ going over Edge. That would make sense, because AJ hasn't won yet, but th- that's not what this is anymore. Now it's three-on-three, three, and Judgment Day is a f- new faction. They have to win. I don't know where this feud goes going forward, though, because it kind of needs to be the end here. Uh, and uh, Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins. Hell in a Cell match. The only Hell in a Cell match on this show for some reason. Uh, obviously, Cody's going to win this. Like, I don't even really know. Like, I know Seth attacked him after... Their second pay-per-view match on the first Raw or whatever. But Cody's won both matches, and it doesn't really make any sense why he's the one challenging Seth for a Hell in a Cell match when he's beaten him twice. So please make it make sense. But that, that is what it is. Cody's winning. I would prefer Seth to, but, I mean, that, that's just how it's, that's just what's going to happen. Uh... At least I'll finally have seen a Hell in a Cell match live. Just need a, just need an Elimination Chamber match now. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, the actual main event of the show, because there's no, I mean, there's no world title match, and Seth versus Cody is not the main event as far as I'm concerned. Bianca defending the Women's Championship against Asuka and Becky Lynch. Uh, at first it was just Becky versus Asuka, but I'm not surprised Becky, or Bianca versus Asuka, excuse me. Uh, I'm not surprised Becky ended up in this, considering Asuka used the mist, I'm like, eh, next week, that's going to be different. Uh, it's like, uh, do you really want Bianca's first t- major defense to be against another face that everyone loves? Like, because everyone loves both of them. So, I don't know. I don't know if you want that. So, you, you gotta get put, put Becky in here for a heal, but at the same point, everyone still loves Becky at the same point. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's like I don't really know why we aren't having Bianca versus Becky Hell in a Cell. I really don't. That should have happened. Uh, that really should have been what happened. But then they didn't have Oscar versus Becky at the last pay per view like they should have had because you know Oscar came back and then they just didn't do that. So that didn't really make any sense. Uh. Bianca's not losing the belt this quickly, obviously. So, Bianca's retaining. Uh, I don't know if they're gonna. They're they're not gonna be done with Bianca and Becky because they have to. They have to. Bianca didn't or Becky didn't get a rematch yet. Not didn't get a one-on-one rematch. So like I don't know if they're, they're saving that for Money in the Bank or are they saving that for SummerSlam. I don't. I don't even know at this point. Uh, so I guess Bianca's gonna end up pinning Asuka here. And I can just hope we see Bailey afterwards or something. So, uh, but yeah, uh, that's the Hell in a Cell card as we have it right now. I, again, there could still end up being SmackDown matches added to this. Like, I mean, like, again, I don't understand why there's no SmackDown matches on here. You have to have some. Like, I... I was waiting for them to be like Usos versus RK Bro Hell in a Cell. I was like I was waiting for that. Now Randy's not going to be around for however long. Uh, 
they could still do Usos versus Riddle and Nakamura, apparently. Maybe that'll happen. Again, Ronda Open Challenge better happen. Uh, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's the card as we have it. I, I'm looking forward to it about as much as I can uh, until they put they say Ronda Open Challenge. Then I'll look forward. To, then it'll be really as much as I can, because then I can be like, "Hey, it's gonna be Bailey, even if it doesn't end up being her." But it better be. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll probably review it at some point next week. Maybe not. If it's pointless, if it's a meaningless show, then maybe I won't. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it regardless. About so. Uh, yeah, that's going to be the end of this three-part episode. Uh, so, just have a good one, I guess.